بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم ويان سورة محمد سورة نمبر 47 آية نمبر 16 أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ومنهم من يستمع إليك حتى إذا جاء حتى إذا خرجوا من عندك قالوا للذين أوتوا العلم ماذا قال آنفا أولئك الذين طبع الله على قلوبهم واتبعوا أهواءهم والذين اهتدوا زادهم هدى وآتاهم تقواهم This is in reference to certain munafiqeen, hypocrites, in front of the Prophet ﷺ, where they would pretend to be believers and well-wishers, and they would sit and even listen to what the Prophet ﷺ is saying. But their listening is a listening of rebellion, a listening of denial, a listening of refusal to believe, and so on. So just because somebody is in the audience and they are listening doesn't mean to say that they actually like what you say, actually believe what you say. This is also the adab of the speaker that he must not assume everybody agrees with whatever it is he's saying. But here the munafiqun, obviously the real culprits of mischief in Medina, one of their major forms of mischief was to pretend they listen and then ask questions about what was said which is very demeaning and very insulting and um, not the proper adab of uh, any audience. So here Allah says that there are those amongst them who listen to you and maybe they're paying attention also so that they can scrutinize and criticize and reject and do a bit of nitpicking As we know in every audience, there's always going to be somebody there who's listening very attentively, but their intention is to scandalize whatever it is they think can be scandalized. They are munafiq, uh, basically. So, until when they leave the audience and they leave you... They say to those who have been given knowledge, what did he just say? Meaning the Prophet So this is a categorization of those who know from those who don't know. So the munafiq are described as those who don't know, even though they listen and even though they may understand. So, Utul Ilm, 
is the group of people who know and they agree and they comply. Without compliance, there is no definitive completion of knowledge. So knowledge is completed only when you comply, not before. And that is why we always say, you cannot learn Islam from a non-Muslim. They are not people of knowledge. People of knowledge will eat the fruit of knowledge, which is compliance. So they may know the facts, or supposedly some of the facts, and they may know the phenomenon, and they may know history, and they may know whatever Muslims have written. But they're not utul ilm. They're not those who have been given knowledge. So it will be antithetical for Muslims to assume they can learn Islamic knowledge from an un-Muslim. And this eye is the proof for that. Because the munafiq listens, and then the munafiq also knows. Just because he knows and he listens doesn't mean to say he is someone who has been given knowledge. Knowledge in this sense means yaqeen, certainty, not speculation, and not uncertainty. Ilm here means ilm qati, conclusive sound, and very convincing knowledge. You're convinced that this is the truth, and you comply and you apply, basically. So this is why this discussion is very important in our context today. MashaAllah. Unfortunately, many Muslim students assume they can learn Islam from non-Muslims who have written books and volumes and they have PhDs and all of that. But the truth is that they don't eat the fruit. And if you don't eat the fruit of your knowledge, then your knowledge is incomplete. It's half-baked. And you don't want to learn Islam from someone who's half-baked. Because that is your salvation. Your salvation depends on knowledge, not on jahl or ignorance and so on. So these munafiq would sit, pay attention, listen, and then afterwards just to deride and make mockery of believers, they would ask the people who were there with them, what did he just say? So it's mockery, it's insulting. And it's very derisive and it's demeaning. So that is not the adab of any civilization that we know of. So you have to make sure you know where you get your deen and your knowledge of deen from. So here Allah then makes the categorical statement, These are the people upon whose hearts Allah has stamped the seal of hypocrisy. Allah has stamped their hearts in such a way that no nur penetrates. Their hearts are closed from the nur of nabuwa and the nur of true knowledge. Their hearts are very, very sick and very diseased. In fact, very cancerous and contagious also. So the proof of sound knowledge is the amal. The, what's the first amal? Knowing la ilaha illallah. Hence the next ayah. 
The first amal is iman. Belief in Allah is your first action. If you don't have the first action, then you're not a person. The religious tradition will only include your knowledge if you follow the religion. Uh, so you can study whichever religion you want to, which is fine. But you're not from that religion until you actually accept. And you, because if you don't practice Islam, then Allah says, Your hearts are now sealed. And no, no nur can penetrate to your heart. And you are basically damned. Right? That's the end of the story. No apologies. Very straightforward. That if you, in your heart there is mischief, and you penetrate other uh, religions and uh, organizations and ideologies just to spy. You treat them as traitors and, you know, there's treason there and all of that. So likewise with the Prophet Allah is now informing him that there are people in your community who may feel like you, think like you on occasions and be like you, but they're not you. So you, number one, you have to be aware that there are those people in your audience uh, so that you're not taken by surprise if you find out that they are traitors uh, as the Prophet was later on informed of all the munafiq. And he told all of them in the masjid, you, 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 you go away. And they follow their whims, their desires, their temptations, and their passions. So here, the standard and bar of knowledge and rebellion, and definitely not hypocrisy. Okay, so this is a lesson, I think, for the whole ummah today, that we must be careful from whom we seek our Islamic knowledge. At least you can read them and discuss them, because that's all kufr and batil. So we need to know what they say, so that we can fight them and defend ourselves against their statements, but you must not see them as those who have been given knowledge under the ilm. So now, unfortunately, in, uh, in popular Islamic communities, the, the lay person, when he hears a non-Muslim speak about Surah Yusuf, he's mesmerized. But then the first question that they should ask is, are you Muslim? How can you be mesmerized by Surah Yusuf through your language, but you don't follow Surah Yusuf itself? Okay, so that's all just fluff. Uh, it's more like small talk. Um, so we are here uh, in this surah that the Prophet has now been informed of some of these ahkam rules of the jihad. Okay, and since this leads to espionage, and treason, this is one of the rules. The first is to be aware of who's who in the audience. So that is critical for Muslim leadership to know who believes in what. Okay, so you simply can't sweep them with one broom and say they all disbelieve. No, but why do they disbelieve and what is their disbelief and which category of disbelief that you have? Imam Bukhari has a chapter title. Kufrun duna kufrin. There are levels of kufr. <laughs> and he brings hadith to prove it. Why is he saying that? So that Muslim ulama must know what type of kufr does he belong to. It's all al kufr millah to wahid, that's fine. Then the kufr is all one millah. But you, know, you need to know which brand and which type so that you're aware of how you can prepare yourself 
and so on. So here, this is through revelation. Allah subhanahu wa is informing the Prophet whom from those, now these people, this type, this group, that this is their mischief, and this is how they try to corrupt the Muslim community, the Muslim society, in front of you, in the masjid. They're doing this in plain sight. And so now Allah knows, and the Prophet doesn't know, so Allah informs the Prophet of this reality on the ground, so he's well prepared mentally, psychologically, and academically, intellectually, so that he can talk to them or dismiss them if he needs to dismiss them, which is what he did. So that's not guidance, that is misguidance. Those who are guided, they, they are given more guidance. They, they are increased in guidance, so Allah increases them in guidance, meaning they continue to be guided, they continue the action and then continue following the methodology that Allah the Rasul wants them to find. So this increase in the sense of being consolidated and having istiqamah. Hmm? Istiqamah is termed here as an increase in guidance. So uh, if you're guided today and not guided tomorrow, that's not an increase, so that's a decrease. Hmm? Yeah. So increasing means that you're firm and you keep uh, walking on the sirat al-mustaqim, the right path, and that's how your guidance is increased. You were guided yesterday and you guided today also. So in that sense, there's an increase. وَآتَاهُمْ تَقْوَاهُمْ And then Allah gives them their taqwa. The taqwa of yesterday is going to be different from the taqwa of today. So taqwa of today has to be higher than the taqwa of yesterday. So Allah then grants them their taqwa all the time, every day, so that they reach their destination. Uh, so, um, it also, um, you know, relates to the idea of ihdina sirat al-mustaqim, that guide us on the right path. You're making this dua in salat where you're already in guidance. So when you're already in guidance, why is saying guide us? Right. That's to humble the worshipper. It's to humble the Muslim that although he's in guidance, he still needs to be in guidance the next moment, or the next rakat, or after salat, or throughout the day. So you're asking Allah for istiqamah. Continuancy, constancy, and uh, stability in your guidance, and so on. So this is the meaning that, inshallah, we can understand from these types of ayat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that life doesn't end with one event. If you've done one salat, then the guidance doesn't stop there. Guidance continues after salat in every other way, where you're guided towards the truth and the real practice of Islam, so you need to be practicing Islam outside of your salat also. So you make dua. You make dua and you're humbled, and you show that you're in need of Allah's guidance all the time, and uh, every day. So as I said, so since this surah is all about some of the ahkam of 
uh, jihad, as we saw in the first few ayat. This is also part of the jihad and nafs of the believer, that you have to fight your nafs all the time, not just one day or in one moment. You have to continue that struggle. It's all about the struggle that a believer goes through with consistency and tawfiq uh, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَهَلْ يَنْظُرُونَ إِلَّا السَّاعَةِ أَنْ تَأْتِيَهُمْ So now Allah is saying, that, are, are they waiting for anything but the final hour that it will come upon them all of a sudden? Slightly different tone here. It's not straightforward. There's some cynicism there in the, obviously, revelation, which is quite normal. You... Allah's kalam will include most of the components of the kalam of human beings. So since in the kalam of human beings there is going to be sometimes irony, sometimes cynicism, sometimes criticism, sometimes sarcasm, the Qur'an will have all of these elements sprinkled throughout the kalam of Allah. As you can see, Allah subhanahu wa is saying that maybe they're waiting for the day of judgment to come upon them all of a sudden. So this is now the psyche of the munafiq, the one who rejects the truth, even though he knows the truth, that oh, this is all fine and is very pleasing and philosophically is good, but I don't care for it, I don't believe in it, I want to enjoy my life, and so on. So when the Day of Judgment comes, that stops. And then there's no more pleasure in life. And that is the meaning of the word sa'ah here, the hour that renders, renders all of them incapacitated to see, to think, to, to enjoy, to be, basically. Yeah. And all of the signs of the day of judgment, of the final hour, they have already appeared or they have come in some way, shape or form. This is now the ashrat referring to the major signs of the Day of Judgment, that they have now witnessed this sign. Yeah. The question is, what sign did the munafiq witness? Yeah. So that's why you need to understand something about the Day of Judgment. When does it start? Al-Yawmul Akhir. When does it start? And so when does the Sa'a actually begin. So that you'll gain from wahi, from the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Bu'ithu ana kahatain, that I have been sent with the last hour like these two fingers the middle finger and the index finger meaning the time between my coming and the day of judgment is very short. So from there we infer that the first sign of the sa'a is the Prophet Sallallahu coming. And since the munafiq have witnessed the Prophet Sallallahu in real life, they have witnessed one of the signs of Qiyamah. That's the Prophet Right? So that's how you reconcile that the munafiq has also seen signs of the Day of Judgment. And so on. It could be that some of them knew about and heard about uh, the splitting of the moon in Makkah, which is also a sign. 
The sa'a has arrived and the moon has been split. If you want to go with the tafsir of other mufassirun and so on. But nevertheless, the Prophet is definitely a sign, but he's a good sign for the day of judgment and so on. So the sa'a has already come. The process for the last day has begun already. We are in the midst and thick of the last day already. It's not that you can wait for it. It's already upon us, and we all see the signs every day uh, in the climate, in society, in people, and everything else that is happening. Or not happening with people in the world today. Everybody is now fulfilling some form of the day of judgment and the yom al-akhir. Some are good and some are not so good. So the amal salihat they will slow down the process. And if you want to slow down the process of qiyamah and make sure that the jah doesn't come in your time, you must do the good deeds. You must have iman, number one, and do the good deeds. The more Muslims do good deeds, the more the process is delayed. You know, it's not delayed in Allah's knowledge, but it's delayed relatively for us that it won't come upon us baghtatan, all of a sudden. So Allah subhanahu wa says it's not all of a sudden. There's a process. Uh, and there's, a, you know, there's time involved and so on. So we must now take advantage of this that alhamdulillah it hasn't come upon us yet, but it may. It may come at any time. Um, so we do have to be weary at the same time. Ta'asaw bil haq, ta'asaw bil sabr inviting, encouraging each other to do sabr and uh, to the haq and the truth that is necessary in order to make sure that the Dajjal doesn't appear in our times. Yeah. When you seek refuge from the fitna of the Dajjal, the Prophet always made this dua, Allahumma inni a'udhubika min fitnati masih al-Dajjal. So now he's seeking refuge from the Dajjal in his time. Right? Meaning that he could come, he could appear at any time. It's not beyond Allah to make the Jal appear in the time of the Prophet. It didn't happen, okay, but it could happen, it could have happened. So Muslims have to be careful and weary uh, that they just don't assume that they are saved and protected from all of those fitan. The fitan of the Dajjal may be experienced by people in the grave also, which is also hadith that the people of grave or in the grave may experience the fitna of the Dajjal, not in the way that's the cliff, but at least feeling that he's there, present on the earth, is a huge fitna. And so, but then the Dajjal movement <laughs> is the precursor to Dajjal. Everything that's happened, happening in the name of science, technology, that destroys human beings and that destroys uh, the nature of things as they are. These are all precursors to the advent of the Dajjal. So we have to see, uh, make sure we know uh, which scientific advancement is good and which one is not good, is evil. So you need that eye based on the Quran and the Sunnah so you can see which one is 
beneficial, which one is detrimental, and which one you celebrate and which one you don't celebrate. And so on. So not everything that is an advancement is necessarily good. There are always problems with things that human beings do. There's no problem with Allah's creation, but the human beings will always disturb Allah's creation uh, for their benefit and for their gain and so on. So this is when you know, when you have conclusive, definitive knowledge that you are people of ilm and not people of speculation and dhan and so on. People of ilm, they know that qiyamah is true. So the prerequisite for ilm, that you have to believe in the akhirah, if you want to say that you have knowledge. If you don't have knowledge of the akhirah, you don't have knowledge, period. You're not even incomplete. You're jahil, basically. Right? If you don't know the Prophet وسلم, is the last messenger, you don't have ilm. So whatever prerequisites you have for Islam are the prerequisites for true knowledge. And the munafiq, even though he knows on paper, he does not believe. If he believes, then he will prepare for the last day. You know, a snowstorm is coming, and there's going to be ice on the road. So you prepare, because you know. You can't be playing around with hurricanes and tornadoes and being nonchalant about them, not take precautions, because you know. If you don't know and you're careless, you're heedless, then that's a different thing. Then you are jahil, you are ignorant. So those who know the signs of the Day of Judgment, they will prepare for the Day of Judgment. Okay. So the proof is always in the pudding, as we say. And those who know, they will prepare. So the sign for those who know is that they prepare for the last day. They prepare for Qiyamah, they prepare to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they prepare themselves for Jannah. Uh, so, okay. so this is how we you know, understand the ayat of Allah that within the ayat of Allah a huge ayah is Qiyamah the last hour and Muslims should study those signs in sequence so that they are privy to those signs and they don't make fools of themselves by overriding Allah's will with whatever system they have developed as with the people of Ad that you, you build these depositories and warehouses so that you can live forever which is the pursuit of man today man wants to live forever because he doesn't believe in life after death why do you want to prolong your life if, if you want to get into Jannah <laughs> right you only prolong your life because you don't believe there's a Jannah. So some of them will want to live a thousand years, as we know from the Quran. Right? They want to keep themselves alive for eternity. And have ideas of freezing their bodies so that they can come back, have resurrection before Qiyamah. <laughs> Which is, unfortunately, total jahal, absolute ignorance. That's not an advancement you should wish for. Uh, you can prolong life. Prolonging life is okay, as with the adab of the Prophet Keep me alive as long as life is good for me. And give me death when life is not good for me. 
meaning that he saw that there's life which is good, life which is bad. Uh, so obviously no, no sure will come to the Prophet ﷺ, but he is now teaching the Ummah that you should not wish to prolong your life, but you should wish to meet Allah. مَنْ أَحَبَّهُ لِقَاءَ اللَّهِ أَحَبَّ اللَّهُ لِقَاءَهُ Whoever yearns and desires to meet Allah, Allah yearns and desires to meet him. وَمَنْ أَبْغَضَ لِقَاءَ اللَّهِ أَبْغَضَ اللَّهُ لِقَاءَهُ Whoever detests the idea of meeting Allah, Allah detests the idea of meeting him. So it's reciprocal. Right. So now this understanding that there's no qiyamah, and there's no final hour, and there's no last day, now we'll give you your psyche, and we'll give you your world view. And you will live your life according to that world view, that life is good. Right? Uh, life is not so good. And if you feel life is miserable and deplorable, then you'll wish for death through suicide, which is the opposite extreme. That's also jahal. So prolonging life is jahal, and terminating life is also jahal. So you have to stay on the straight path, the sirat al-mustaqim. So this is sirat al-mustaqim. But that sirat al-mustaqim is based on knowledge, concrete, true knowledge, not on speculation, not on theories, something that is real. So this is the idea of this knowledge that Allah says, but they ask people who have been given knowledge what did he just say? Meaning that it is ridiculous. He's saying there's life after death. And what kind of statement is that? Okay, so now those who know, they are called people of knowledge. And these people, they're called munafiq because they're hypocrites and they are fools, basically. And their hearts are sealed so that no nur penetrates their hearts. And so this is how you read these ayat, uh, kind of applied to the social context of today. So we, we have to be, I think, number one, cognizant of the signs of the Day of Judgment, that this is a sign, this is a sign, this is a sign. And then we do everything to make sure the sign either disappears or is now at least stopped in the tracks. The idea of discussing the signs of the Day of Judgment is not just pure aqidah, and it's in the shelf of your brain somewhere, oh yeah, this is a sign of Day the idea is to engage with that sign so that you defeat the sign. You have to be proactive. Mm. So you say the Prophet said that a sign of the day of judgment is that a zina will be free, will be prevalent. It's not something you listen and don't do anything about it. So what do you do about it? You have to stop zina. Then you have to stop, tell people don't commit zina because that's a sign of the day of judgment. That's what you have to do. Right? It's not just theory, oh, the process is a sign of day of judgment. No. Engage with it. Fight with it. That's the mean of tawasul bil haq. That you give each other wasiyah for the haq. You say, don't do this because this is now going to impact the whole world, not just you. It's impacting time, sa'a. Sa'a means time. The hour is impacting the time. So now the time is going to be regulating, and you're regulating time in the wrong way. So there you have to engage and be proactive rather than just be a docile, passive listener. Oh, this is a sign of judgment, day of judgment, and I can enlist those. That's not the point. The point is to make sure you delay the whole process 
of the Day of Judgment coming through your Amal Salihah. And part of your Amal Salih is to encourage and discourage. Amr bin Ma'roof and Nahyu Anil Munkar. That's how you increase your guidance. That's how your guidance is increased by making sure that not only do you inform people, but you actually participate in uh, ways to, uh, as I said, remove the sign, uh, or at least delay it, or temporarily stop it as much as you can, inshallah. So this is how the Prophet advised the Sahaba, and this is what the Sahaba did. They went out and they did this for humanity. And This is what this part of the ayah means. So how will it be? How will they be when the reminder of the day of judgment comes to them? Okay, so when you're reminded that there's a, a pit in front of you, so what do you do? You just no, send him a WhatsApp message, hey, there's a pit in front of you. That's not enough. So if you're there with him or her, you have to physically stop the person from falling into the pit. So this this part of the ayah is saying, how will they be when they are reminded about the signs of the Day of Judgment? What will they do? Okay, they will fall into the pit, basically. Because they're munafiq. And the people of knowledge, neither will they fall, and neither will they allow others to fall. So they are now benefactors of humanity by making sure nobody else now is a victim of that sign. So now the proof is in the pudding. The amal with the ilm makes a completion of the ilm. So ilm is not complete, knowledge is not complete until there is some form of action and behavior change that the ilm now motivates you to do. So in that sense, and in the other sense, which I mentioned previously, Allah says, فَعْلَمْ You must know, O Muhammad sallallahu أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ So what's the idea of knowing when you already know? The Prophet knows there's no one besides Allah who is worthy of worship. He already knows that. So why is Allah saying to Muhammad sallallahu You, O Muhammad you must know that there is no one besides Allah to, uh, who is worthy of worship. Right? It's like the ayah, uh, Ya O you who believe, believe. So just in that ayah, there's always a refreshing and resetting of knowledge. Likewise here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to the Prophet you must now increase your conviction that there is no one worthy of worship except Allah. So now you renew your iman, which is mentioned in the hadith, same way. جَدِّدُوا إِمَانَكُمْ بِلَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَكَمَا قَالَ لَيْسَلَى Renew your iman by la ilaha illallah, meaning say it. Okay, you already know, but then say it. Revive it, renew it in your mind, in your psyche, in your heart, in your intellect, in your in your mind, that Allah is there, Allah is one. So continuously remind yourself. So that increases the conviction 
in your knowledge. So the knowledge is there. Uh, to this level, now we want you to increase your own yaqeen, your own certainty through these actions and uh, through witnessing Allah now uh, being in charge every day, every moment of your life. Revive and renew this conviction so that you observe la ilaha illallah in your life uh, and in other people's lives. That only Allah is the one who is the one who should be revered and worshipped. Uh, as, as a supreme being and so on. So there are grades of knowledge, there are levels of knowledge. So Allah is saying to the Prophet uh, go upwards and aim for the highest level, highest shade and highest degree of knowledge. That is what is meant here. Not that he doesn't know already. He knows already, but now he needs more. Everybody needs conviction at a different level and so on. Okay, so la ilaha illallah at the level of najat, salvation, that's the basic level that every Muslim should have. Every Muslim knows that la ilaha illallah, it's true. Yeah, but then he must move upwards uh, in the, the pyramid and go to the peak of la ilaha illallah where you will never even think of anything else, anyone else besides Allah and uh, so on. So those are the grades and shades of iman that are implied here in this statement. Yeah, as we say, Ya Yuhaladina Amanu Aminum. Oh you who believe, believe in Allah and the Rasul and so on. In that ayah so now you must refresh your Iman all the time. Renew your Iman all the time and so on. Wastaghfirli Dhambika walil mu'minina wal mu'minat and then seek forgiveness for from your sins and for your sins, for you and for believers and for believing women. Hmm. Yeah. Meaning that uh, believing Allah and believing in Allah is good. At the same time, you must seek forgiveness from Allah because invariably every human being is going to be eligible to make mistakes and commit sins. Even though the Prophet ﷺ did not commit a sin, but it is still adaban, out of adab and respect for the perfection of Allah to say that I am imperfect. And the more you believe you're imperfect, the more perfect you are as a human being. A human being's perfection is in believing in the imperfection of the human being. And the human being's perfection is in believing that Allah is perfect, not the other way around. Yeah, so you will make mistakes. That is invariable. It is necessary, in fact, as a human community. You will make mistakes. And sometimes people commit sins. So both, mistakes and sins, both. So you cannot assume for those who are perfectionists, that is the height of imperfection, to assume you are perfectionist. There's no way on this planet you can be a perfectionist. It's impossible. That's the, the antithetical definition of being a human. Kullu ibn Adam The Prophet defined human beings, the son of Adam. Every son of Adam is continuously making mistakes. Continuously. That's how we define human beings. Unfortunately, some people and other idealists and those who have grand theories of human perfection they fall short and they fall flat on their faces and so on. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
acknowledging that the Prophet ﷺ is the most perfect human being, he still says, seek forgiveness. Because that's an added value to your perfection. Right? The added value to human perfection is to say, Allah is perfect and I am imperfect. And that is called marifa. Marifa to nafs. is called knowing your nafs. If you don't know your nafs, obviously you don't know your Lord. As one of the statements go, Man arafa nafsahu faqad arafa rabbu. If you know your nafs, you know Allah. So here, if you don't know your nafs, my nafs is imperfect. So in front of Allah's majesty and nur, I'm an entity. I don't even exist. Okay, and there's no more imperfection than non-existence. <laughs> right? Yeah, so you have to go through a marifarad, understanding who Allah is, who you are, to appreciate what this istighfar means. Those who study the Quran surface level, they say, yeah, see, the Prophet knows some commissions. Right? No, that's not for you to judge because Allah has already forgiven him. Right? As you'll see in the next surah. لِيَغْفِرَ لَكَ اللَّهُ مَا تَقَدَّمٍ ذَمِّكَ مَا So if Allah has forgiven all the sins or whatever you call mistakes and sins, then who are you to judge him? Your judgment has yet to come. And God forbid Allah judges you the way you judge the Prophet. Uh, you're in deep trouble. <laughs> so it's not for the ordinary human being to judge a Nabi. It's, it's a restricted area. You can't go there. You'll never get security clearance to go there. You'll be killed even if you attempt to go there. Spiritually, you'll be killed and intellectually. So here, وَاسْتَغْفِرْ is a sign of the uh, spiritual progression and perfection of the Prophet Sallallahu that this istighfar is li raf'id darajat la li ghufranid dhunub it is to raise the ranks of the Prophet Sallallahu yeah, so this is a bonus yeah, so he's not now going to seek istighfar even though in his mind he is seeking istighfar but in the whole process of the cosmos is to raise his ranks in front of Allah so that the angels will now believe and see that a human being, despite being perfect, claims he's imperfect. Yeah, so that's the spiritual growth. Yeah, it's, it's a bonus upon a bonus upon a bonus. It's not what it sounds like and seems like on the surface. So that's number one. And then... He seeks forgiveness for the believing men and for believing women as an added bonus that he cares for other human beings and he cares for the salvation of believers and he cares for the raising of the ranks of believers in Jannah. So he's now a very compassionate, caring uh, Nabi and that is now a reflection of who Allah is. Allah is Ghafoor Rahim, likewise the Prophet is Bil Mu'minina Ra'ufur Rahim that he is Rahim for the believers and he's very compassionate and very affectionate for the believers. He doesn't want any harm coming to any believer, especially after they die. Okay, so that's a sign of being close to Allah. You become divine-like, right, in your personality. You don't become divine, but you become divine-like and that you're compassionate, you're affectionate, you're caring. 
and you seek forgiveness for others, and that is what uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions so many places in the Quran about the Prophet. So, knowledge with conviction, fa'alam, and what are you convinced about? La ilaha illallah. And then the role of Rasala, the role of a Nabi and a Rasul is to make sure people get into Jannah and they will get into Jannah through your du'as. So you have Tawheed, Risala and Akhirah all in one in this sequence of uh, Ayat. You have the Ashrat al-Sa'ah and all of them. Allah ya'lamu mutaqallabakum wa mathwaakum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the places where you change from the word taqallub and the places where you don't change and when you rest and so on. So the occasions when you change, Allah knows, when you have different moods and different ideas and you have different dispositions and you have different actions and thoughts and everything else and he knows the places where you are constant and stable and resting. So Allah knows everything about the human being, about the human psyche, human intelligence, and so on. So it is quite possible that when you change an idea, you might be committing a sin. Or when you stay on idea, you might be committing a sin. So mutaqallab mathwa is more psychological, intellectual, and spiritual than it is physical. Although physically also makes sense that he knows how you are in the state of sleep and in the state of not sleeping and you're changing your physical positions in the day also. So you can take this as a comprehensive understanding of the human beings. Allah knows all of these halat ahwal, conditions that uh, human beings manifest themselves with, and so on. So this is the idea here, is that in terms of understanding what jihad brings to the table, then what... Jihad brings to the table is the understanding of how the universe will be destroyed. Okay, so since war is uh, destructive in nature, sometimes for the good reason, sometimes not so good reason, and likewise, Qiyamah is the total destruction of the universe as we know it. And for that, global universal destruction, there are signs. And you should know those signs. And the Munafiq will now listen to you uh, regarding those signs and he'll laugh and he'll make fun of you and he'll be, become a mockery for him. But that will now obviously slap them in the face. And they will be the victims of the Sa'a and the Ashrat al-Sa'a. So you should know La ilaha illallah. Allah is the one who's now going to make sure you're safe and secure and the way you're going to be safe and secure is by seeking forgiveness uh, for your sins and the sins of other believers, believing women, so that you have a good ending in Jannah. Anyways, I'm trying to show you the sequence uh, between the previous ayat and these ayat here. There's a sequence, there's a segue. Okay, they are in order. As we say, there's another one there, inshallah. We make dua Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us and give us knowledge of la ilaha illallah and uh, allow us to avoid all the evil signs of the day of judgment. Ameen ya rabbal alameen wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayl khayl. Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahabihi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatull